welcome to the Friends of Norris Green podcast. Um, this is the first in the series of podcasts on a project that has been funded by the National Lottery Community Fund. And it's the local community getting together to learn about podcasts um, and to promote the health and well-being in Norris Green Park. So the benefits of volunteering in the park and what outdoor space can do for you. Um, this week we've got the amazing Terry May as our first guest and we're going to find out all of his childhood memories from the park, how the park became where it is now and then the future of the park. So we're going to introduce our guests and our co-host. So our co-host today is... Hi, my name's Carol Ball and I'm a DAS advisor and I work for Norris Green DAS Advice which is based in St Teresa's Parish House. I work for a local charity which is called Triple C Liverpool and the charity is a collaboration of the three churches in Norris Green and Croxteth and we too are out for, um, we do support the well-being of the local community. Uh, it's not just myself doing the death advice but we also have a, an older persons worker and we have a children and family support worker, uh, all of who actually um, come to the park on a regular basis, they meet and have a walk and um, basically, you know, the park is a great resource for them to run their, their groups. So that's basically me. first episode of the Friends of Norris Green podcast with Terry May. He's going to share his um, thoughts and his memories of Norris Green Park and how Norris Green Park got to where it is um, today. So we want to welcome Terry. So welcome Terry to today's podcast. Thanks ladies and uh, thanks for the invite to be the first guest. So yeah, bit of a privilege to be the first one up. So yeah, I'd like to share my memories about growing up around the park and kinds of how I got back involved in the park and then basically where the guys have took it to now. So how old were you Teddy when you first came to the park and tell us, Oof. share us some stories about when you were little walking around the park in your little shorts. Yeah so <laughs> 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 do you, do you, we used to have a little uh, bit of a bit of a tick to this park so basically this park was our playground so ever since I was born like my nan lived in Winskill Road so if you, if you walk out the park you've got Broad Lane and then Winskill Road's the one behind that. So just by a strange, bizarre coincidence, my cousin's nan on the other side of the family lived right facing my nan at the back. So he used to leg it out of my nan's back garden across the road into Broad Lane and then come to across the road here onto the other side of Broad Lane where my mates lived and they had the gate that come right into the park. Mm -hmm. So not only did we have to not walk around to the gate, it was also a boss escape route. Yeah, definitely when you're getting a legger, amazing. <laughs> so, so what yeah, sort of things did you get up to in the park then? Oh, everything. Um, again, it's, it's coming back to, as you say, a bit of a nostalgia trip, but I think everyone remembers when they were kids, communities always seemed a lot closer, and people putting things on, people doing things. So Winchcote Road was like a little community within itself. So we, we used to have a, a lady who lived down the bottom and it, and it comes back to even like, even as a kid, it's like her name was Mrs. Keaton and like, like Mrs. Keaton, there was Mr. Pettit, there was yeah. Mr. Williams, everyone was Mr. or Mrs. And she used to put a play scheme on in the summer, every summer without fail. 
um, voluntary. So a lot like what these community guys do today. Um, so first day of summer holidays, she's done it. And there used to be, you know, the old bounty bounty beds, not bounty castles. It was just like a bounty bed. Oh, I know. Um, but again, all like little games, like even simple things like rounders. Um, proper old school playing. Proper old school, old school stuff. But you know, getting all the kids together, all the community. So that was the organised stuff that we used to go to. But yeah. then we had our own entertainment, which we we used to create. Like if you, so where we sat. Now is obviously where the volunteers have started to pull the, the cafe together and the heritage centre and it's right through the stable, the old stable block but when I was a kid growing up, um, the whole exterior of this, this uh, wall garden used to have basically a 10 foot wall. All the way round? All the way round, yeah. yeah. And it, it, was, it was just known as the 10 foot wall. Yeah. Um, and literally we used to get over the wall and get into the gardens and, and the gardens were so perfectly manicured. Um, absolutely stunning, and I, and I can see from now that some of the actual paths are kind of getting reinstated. Yeah. So we didn't we didn't get up to anything in there. We just have a like do what kids done. Yeah, yeah, bit of bit of bit, bit of a bit of a mooch, bit of a game of manons, yeah. stuff like stuff like that. I say the the old school games, and then typical kids about seven, eight, nine, ten. You do, you do dares. So the the dares were like running along the ten foot wall without falling off. And how many times did you succeed? I, I succeeded quite a lot, but there was there was one time, one particular time, and it weren't running along the wall. The parkies, um, park rangers or whatever, parkies nicknames those who constantly used to give us leggers. We'd all sit on the top of the ten foot wall, but they used to, because um, a lot of the horses was, was still based here. Right. So and they used to stockpile like all the manure against the outsides of the wall, <laughs> and then use it in the wall garden and in the rose garden. So. I don't even know where this come from. I, I don't understand why eight, nine, ten year olds had the pleasure of jumping off a ten foot wall into a pile of manure. <laughs> Cause you're boys. Yeah, just <laughs> just just one of them things. So one day, me and my mate Neil, who lives in Broad Lane, whose whose house was the escape route, um, and I was always a bit a bit safe as a kid. You know, really? Bit, yeah, yeah. I'm bit, shocked with that. Bit mischievous, but. Always the safe one, always the one who kept Dixie, always the one who was on the lookout. Um, always the one who grew his hair long when all his mates got the skinhead. Just that, that kind of thing. So anyway, it was all like all the days were jumping off the jumping off the wall into the into the awesome year. So finally my mate said, Come on, I'll do it here, I'll hold your hands, we'll jump off we'll hold hands and do it. After three we go. Well he got to three and jumped and I got to two bottles out. And then he pulled me on top of him. Smash, nose, teeth, face. Ah, mm. oh, it was a mess. So my nose got broken two places was it? when I was a kid. Was that yeah. the first time you broke your nose? First time I broke my mm. nose. Yeah, I know it looks like more now. <laughs> <laughs> first time you broke your nose. All the nostalgic memories. The first yeah. Time so, you broke so, your nose so luckily the, the escape route came in handy. So it was literally <laughs> right through the back gate, right through my cousin's nans, and right over the back gate into into my nans. Also. Oh. Obviously, you know, a bit of bit of bedlam going on with a yeah. bit of a broken nose. Little sips all today. Got a slap off my granddad's. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know. Now you'd get a bag of sweets, wouldn't you? <laughs> get a bag of sweets. I got a slap off my granddad for getting a bit of blood on my nan's <laughs> on my nan's cloth. So, but that was it. That was just part of it. So, yeah, we, as I say, from playing footy here to place games to to getting up to that kind of thing and. It was just generally a, a well-used park, much loved. It was a, it, it was our playground, and 
Like I say, as you, as you get a bit older and God, if, if, if my kids done some of the things that, that I done in here, <laughs> they might and, do. <laughs> no, they definitely don't. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they, they used to be big, and that like some of them are still there. The big, I think, I think they're ash trees. Um, so one of our one of our mates' dads worked in a um, in a metal metal refinery, and he used to make us stars out of metal, like because at the time, kind of growing up, it was all like. Bruce Lee and Kung yeah. Fu, the TV series and all that, it was all like Chinese death throwing stars and like, what fella of any sane mind <laughs> would give a load of eight, nine year olds like five point stars with sharp edges to throw at trees? So I reckon if we go over and look at the trees high up, whether there'll still be marks in there they're, maybe? They're, they're, they're probably still in there, but we, we didn't get through like half a dozen and then that was it. He bring us a new batch the following week. He'll get a new Just batch. Just keep making them. Yeah, so everything, as I say, the whole, the whole ethic of the park. I mean, and I, I even class ourselves as like early conservationists. And like, because we all used to go egging, and like a lot of people these days, young kids, they say, "What's egging? Egging? They think egging's throwing like an egg at a, at a taxi yeah. or at a bus on like that uh, mischief night." But ours was like going like all the bushes here and like finding birds nests, climbing trees. But we were always taught at a young age but you never took all the eggs. If there was four in the nest, you took two. Right. Because you left the other two hats and then they lay another lot then. Right. So yeah. they could come and take another two. Yeah. And then we'd go back to one of my mates' house, we'd blow the eggs, where they were blue tit eggs, robin's eggs. Yeah. And you'd blow them. You'd like make a pinhole in each end and you'd blow the yolk out of them, otherwise they'd go stale. Yeah. And we'd have like a sawdust case with a glass cabinet. I think the uncles were joining us, so they make it a glass cabinet, loads of sawdust, and you like it. With all precious eggs all in. All eggs yeah. in, yeah. And then we'd, we'd go travelling all, all over the city and, like, got really in the in the deep poop-poop when we ended, ended up in North Wales when we were about 11, <laughs> <laughs> looking for eggs. <laughs> and the Welsh police had to, like, bring me ma to come and get us. <laughs> but but this, this, this park is such... As I say, as soon as I walk through here, it just... It's like getting a smell or yeah. something like that. Everything just keeps... Triggers off all those memories, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Just... And it's all happy memories, isn't it? Because you always remember like the happy things that happened when you were younger. And um... Yeah, one of, one of those said that, as I say, as soon as I walk through here, I just get a little smile. I just get a little smile on my face. And it doesn't matter where I walk. I walk down that backfield. I think of like, um, the play schemes, which which he used to put on. And then my mate who lived at the back there, we used to go... He lived in 222. So, my sister lives in 216. Oh, so I said, so you need to get a gate in the back. I said, like, you need to play me nostalgia days again. Yeah, Come on, we'll have to get up to something and through the gate. <laughs> <laughs> and so then did even... you come as a family or was it just all the kids? No, not really, it was just the kids. Just the kids all playing together. It was just a kid thing. And to, to be completely honest, I don't remember coming to the park with my mum and dad. Mm. Um, my granddad, yeah, for a knock around with a ball. I, I, I was the oldest of all the grandkids. Yeah. Um, so I was a bit of a bit of a blue eye, the oldest grandson. So we used to come and have a little knock around with him. But you know, on this little bit of grass over here, because it was always like really, really flat. So that was like um, we thought that was like a little mini Wembley. So the amount of like kind of cup final goals that you've actually scored yeah, on that. Brilliant. But it, but it was good, and it, it weren't just young kids, seven or eight year olds. Like you'd have like older generational kids, 12, 13 year old lads who just all all play together. Yeah. I say not getting up to anything. Kind of untoward, um, 
just being kids and playing just, out, just, isn't just it? Kids just kids being kids, yeah. yeah. Throwing yeah. mud at each other and yeah. stuff, stuff what you what you do, you know what I mean? Getting stung by bees, <laughs> wasps, whatever, and throwing metal stars at each other. <laughs> <laughs> but even so, and, I, and again, and I think I think it's it's all it's all about education. I think, and when we were, um, you, you can see where the old like. The old gardens are there now, they were the old rose gardens and they were all roses when we were kids. And obviously that's where a lot of the manure used to go, but even then you, you know it, you, you didn't dream of like kicking the heads off roses and stuff like that. I mean you'd nick the out the odd ones to take home for your nan. Um but you know you, you didn't think you were doing any harm but the, the, the respect was there. So yeah, it was all good. It was all good. So Terry, how did you get back into um coming to the park and getting involved in all what's going on there now? I, th I think it's like anything, Carol, um, kind of, you know, you, you grow up, don't you? So when you're about 13 or 14, um, maybe you start to move schools a little bit, get a new set of friends, um, not going to lie, start chasing a few young girls around, so you're not really <laughs> interested to like start coming in parks and looking for birds' eggs, are you? That's true. <laughs> So I, th I think you kind of, you just get to a certain age and then, you know, you, you meet a girl, you settle down, you have your own kids. And then for me personally, we, we ended up moving down to Walton and then I moved to Australia and then came back. So it's, it's only, I don't know, must be about three or four years ago. Um, so we, we moved back by Oak Lane. So we live just off Oak Lane now. But as I say, my sister lives in Broad Lane. Uh, my lad lives a little bit further up Broad Lane. So we, I know my family still live around here, so even though I kind of moved away, this was always like my park, not not Stanley Park, not Wally Hall. This this was like our park. Yeah. And it, 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 I kind of, um, I just decided to come a little, a little bit, I think it was a nostalgia trip. Um, I just parked up and I thought I'd go for a little walk through the park. And to be completely honest, like when I was talking about earlier, about all them happy, smiley faces when you walk through the park, it, it, was, it was one of like, well, I won't swear, but it was like, what the friggin' hell's happened to the park? I mean, like, the, the, wall, the wall gardens, the gardens had gone. Um, the stable block was falling down. The rose garden had gone. Um, but like, there was, there was like, a few exercise equipment put in, but generally the park had just turned into a deterioration, if you like. It, it looked unloved, so unkept. So upset by all that? Yeah, yeah, to, to be honest, it... it it hacked me off, if you like, so I like to think I'm one of them, it's just, you know, well, everyone can get on Facebook and have a little moan. So I actually emailed into the council and I said, um, is, there, is, is there a friends group or if, if there isn't one, can we get one going? And then, the, the email, good enough, the email back and said that there is actually somebody who, who started up something, um, not sure how active it is, but is, is a couple of numbers. Um, or a couple of email addresses and then kind of from then quite quite quickly or by coincidence um, there was like a bit of a call out for um, the parks in the city and the green spaces and I think it was part of uh, the beautiful parks or beautiful ideas or something to do something with the parks or certainly someone just wanted to engage the parks yeah. back um, so everyone started getting copied in on emails so from that point, I think there was a, the first meeting was held in, I think it was like St Andrews. So I, I turned up and I knew a few of the organisers 
and they said like there's a you know there's a little bit of um, animosity between a few of the few of the members feel like they're getting the toe stepped on and which 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 you get because in communities there's been so many false dawns and so many false promises for That's people to, to get things done. So you understand people's kind of I say not rebellious but just looking at it with a bit of negativity. So it just happened to be um Mr. Clemmy Petter, who is like one of the volunteers here at the minute. So obviously he lives in Winsco Road where I did and I think I, I mentioned it earlier, he was just Mr. Petter. Um, I, I, I knew as I knew as lads, and um, we were around a certain age. So I, I walked right over to him, sat down beside him, I said, Mr. Petter, how are you? And he went, What are you doing here, lads? I haven't seen you for years and all that. And then I think it kind of broke the ice, and he, he said, What's all this about? You know, what, what's going on? Who are they? I said, Don't know, mate. I said, I'm just here. So, so from that, um, everyone decided to just, as a group, go and have a little walk around the park. So it, it became quite quickly, it broke into about five or six different groups. And it was like um, our group, their group, the new group, someone else's group, and you think, oh, we are, there we go. So again, there was that little bit of, um, I wouldn't say lack of trust, but people were a little bit reluctant and, and seeing what was going on. So it felt like a bit of Kofi man. I was running through like one group to another and trying to go, these are all right, <laughs> it's for the greater good, it's for this, it's for that. And then it kind of led to there and then, there was, there was a couple of other, as I say, organisations involved, and a few meetings were arranged, so they, they were held in the Lingmill. Um, and it did get a, a little bit tasty at times, um, and it was only kind of people trying to put the rules down, and people, some, some people were a bit negative about how it's going to come about. But quite, quite quickly, um, an established group kind of became, and it was a mix of all the groups, kind of came together. Um, you know, there, there, there's, there's like, there was four or five, six people who were, you could tell they were quite prominent straight away. Um, and Helen, Helen won't mind me saying she, she was one of them, and, and Steve, and Clemmy, and um, and Jimmy, and the other lads. And it's like qu quite quickly, it started kind of nestling into a nice little group. Um, so the one group came out of five groups, and you're all sort of gel together. It, it basically did, yeah, and it was yeah. nice. And I think I think a lot of the uh, the negative Nellies, if you like, it, they, they, they they quite quickly just thought, no, it, people are positive here, and they either just got off or they engaged. Um, so again, you know, it, it's the usual bat, usual battle. You know, a few councillors were coming along, and, and Sharon, Sharon Ross, um, oh, she Sharon, came, yeah. Sharon was sad, she came across originally. And Sharon was brilliant, and, and again, Sharon was just who are they? What's it about? And it was first time I'd met Sharon, and I, I hit her off with her and got on with her, got on with her well. Yeah, um, yeah. And then it, it was fine, and then I think it, it, Barry got involved, and then again, it, it, there's always a kind of a mistrust, I think, when councillors get involved, and always a mistrust of organisation and groups. But I think the group here, I've got, I've got a, a great balance, I think. They, they are actually working together and the, and the progress has been amazing. Well, you can see that, that by looking around at what they've achieved already. Oh, it's, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And it, you know, there's some great friends groups in this city. And I think this friends group here for, and I and I always class this as a bit of a forgotten gem. And it, and it always has been. And it's kind of, because it's off the beaten track and maybe people don't know about it as much as, you know, the bigger parks, whether that's, yeah. 
Crocky Park, which is obviously a bit more local. Um, this this is always a little bit of forgotten gem, which people don't even know here. And it's only I've, I've spoke to loads of people since I said you're from Rotherham. They might be a little bit further down the road, and I've never been here. They just they don't know it's here. They drive past it, and that, I know they've come up. But but again, sort of like what what the friends group of. So I think we, we, we had a first one of us on of Sunday and we all started digging the path out in the front and it was just a good bonding session and people have come and people have gone and you know with my work commitments and stuff like that I've had to I've had to back away but I mean it's it's in brilliant hands with with, with the guys in here. You know, we a couple of years ago Channel Five come and done the the, the the gardens here in such a short period and then, you know, Look around. I know we haven't got it on video, but if you look around, there's a there's a heritage centre being created, there's a cafe being created, there's disabled toilets, there's recycling going on, there's growing, and it, this this project's only going to grow and grow and grow. Mm. They're promoting it through social media as well, aren't they? Because I've seen it on there. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen it on certainly Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the key to it. It's, it's kind of like looking forwards. Know how 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 can the how can the park go from strength to strength? Yeah. It's, it's in a great position now, but you can't rest on your laurels, can you? So I think you know that the, the call out, the shout out is that the friends need more friends, Definitely. and they, they need more people to come in and use the skill sets and their expertise. And, the, and like I said earlier, that there's a brilliant set of volunteers here, and what they've done, um, I don't know. It's it's put a smile back on my face, and that's some might say that's difficult to do. <laughs> so we're just going to talk about the future of the park and the amazing things that are happening already and there's loads and loads of events that go on in the park isn't there um, I know that they have children's activities and family activities and there's loads of little rocks that have been hidden that people have painted <laughs> and you know people can come round and you haven't got to be part of the group you can just still do these activities and things that, that are happening it is I've, I've, you've seen loads going on I mean you've seen I know I know the guys were running a, like a cycling club from here You've seen like um, outdoor acting going on, and um, obviously I think Liverpool comes out and put the, the open goals events on. Like you say, e even we, when we were in here a couple of weeks ago, my little daughter had to walk around, found a few rocks, yeah. and she's only five, and she's made up. Yeah, and I know it really brings a smile to people's face when you, especially when you see it on the social media. So it's the friends at Norris Green um, on Facebook and on Instagram, and people find the little rocks and they take photographs and then they go and hide them somewhere else and. You know, you haven't got to be part of a team or a group or anything. You can just come and use the park for what it is, you know, and, and it, it is just a beautiful park. So, Teddy, you're probably best explaining where the park is. So, yeah. to anybody who doesn't know where the park is, it is a little hidden gem. I'm from West Derby, and to be honest, I think it was about five, six years ago that I actually first came into the park because yeah. I didn't know where it was. Um, and the amount of times that we walked backwards and forwards to Broadway, um, I never realised that there was actual a park here, so I'm probably guilty of one of being one of those people. So I think you're best to tell everybody where the park is. No, and I, th you, I think you're spot on there, Helen. To be fair, because I think a lot of people just drive, drive down Muirhead Avenue and drive along Lorenzo Avenue, and and not and not realise where where it is. So basically, just a quick description: if you, if you're coming down Muirhead Avenue, coming over the the hill, if you, if you like over the over the railway bridge. As you come down the bottom, you're at, you're at Lorenzo and Murad at the junction there. So instead of turning right towards West Derby Village, you turn left towards Broadway. And literally, if you see that sandstone wall on the right-hand side, that's that's the boundary of 
um, the park. So you've got your main entrance there, which you can see the big massive stable block as soon as you come through it. And then if you carry on to the other end of Lorenzo, where the, the, the church was on the corner, the old ranking, right facing the, the main church by Broad, Broad Square School, there's another entrance there on your right hand side. Yeah. But if you're living in new estates on the other side where the old like Lewisham Road, where like my nan's was, so like Winchester Road all around there, they're all the new estates over there, you can actually ent enter into the park for like via Broad Lane over there. Yeah, which is great. I think that, that they've got so many and you know they've got the children's play area and there's loads of access into that and it, there's a path that goes all the way around so it's suitable for people in push chairs and wheelchairs and things like that. It is like probably one of the most accessible parks that we've got, isn't it, you know? It is, yeah, and I, you know, obviously it's been it's been great news as well that the park is going to be protected moving forward and hopefully more investments will come because obviously there was announcements earlier in the week where the Pool City Council said under no circumstances parks will be built on in the future and you know that that's hats off to all the friends groups you know um, I know I know Chrissy Bernard the chair of um, Wally Hall Park she, she, she's worked tirelessly for that for years so credit where it's due to all the friends groups um, and some of the councillors and MPs who've got behind it. So, what better, what better way to kind of protect the future? Because the parks are the lungs of the city, aren't they, for, for the kids? Especially um, now, isn't it? Because we can be outside, you know, yeah. we can be outside and we need to use our spaces. And as they say, like, you know, you use them or lose them, don't you? So, the more people that can come down, the better. And if people can come down and volunteer, um, you know, you can just give a couple of hours of your time or you can, or you can spend a lot of your time here, you know, I'm sure. Um, loads of little jobs that there are around the park and stuff. And that's it. And, I, and one one thing that it, one thing that it's done, I think, is like you you always say. I, I I used to pop in occasionally on a Monday, uh, and and the, the guys would be out there, and you'd see dog walkers coming up. They'd make you a cup of tea, give you the biscuit, and then you'd have other people bringing biscuits in. So you know, it's helping with social isolation as well definitely, for people. So maybe some of these volunteers, I don't know their ins and outs, but some people have come along maybe the only contact they have and especially in times of kind of COVID there's a lot of people who live, maybe live up and down the country and they can't travel you know you can't cross the border into Wales or whatever I know that a lot of that's passed but probably probably over the last 12 months the parks and that have been like the salvation for for people definitely and I think that I think the friends as you, you said before you know the friends need more friends and it's creating that sense of belonging um, so you belong to something and the more people and it is like the power in the people isn't it you know and I think the story of Norris Green Park the power in the people have come across to, to you know they're the ones who've gone out and they've fought for the park and, and they've done an amazing amazing job and that's it that, that's exactly it they're, the volunteers they're not they're not paid people the volunteers so to, to give up your own time your own life and we've all we all have our busy lives yeah. So what what these have done here has been absolutely amazing. And like I say, as a as a kid in Nogsy Park, as we call it, <laughs> um, even now I'm just, I'm just 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 smiling, seeing I'm sat in a wall garden. I'm not getting legs. <laughs> I'm actually sat here with permission. Yeah, I'm allowed. <laughs> looking around, looking around at the, the, the new cafe and heritage yeah. centre that's going to come soon, and you think. I can actually have a cup of tea in the wall garden and not get like that. And I think that's a reason. Um, and I think that's a great time for us to say thanks very much for your time today and thanks for your memories. Um, and I think we need to do a big massive shout out to the friends of Norris Green, um, to the community, to the volunteers, everybody for giving their time and, and making the park what it actually is today.
and if you are around and about come down to the park and you know have a cup of tea and a biscuit and, and bring some biscuits that i'm exactly. sure they'll all be uh, really welcome if, if you bring biscuits i want to say a massive thank you to terry for being our guest to carol for hosting and to helen for being behind the camera and uh, the social media um, and a thank you to um, the national lottery for funding the podcast project yeah so we'll catch it all next time thank you very much thank you terry Thank you for tuning in to the first episode of the Friends of Norris Green Park podcast series. This episode was called A Walk in the Park with Terry May. Episode 2 will discuss the benefits of the park for young people, families and the wider community, as well as a discussion with local organisation Autism in Motion. This podcast was brought to you by National Lottery Funding and the Friends of Norris Green Park.